Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Ready to dive into God's Word with us? Join our next online Bible study. Throughout the year, we'll dive into Lifeway Women's studies that cover a variety of topics and hear from several different amazing Bible teachers. For each study, you can access the teaching videos for a limited time, comment and interact with others walking through the study, and track your progress. See what we're studying next at lifewaywomen.com forward slash OBS. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Heinemann and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. Um, we are here today. It's like the release of this one is in May and so lots of things. I mean our, for our listeners probably if you are a mom you have got graduations and end of school and all those things. So I think it's a great thing that we have one of our Lifeway friends with us today. Amanda yes. Mejias. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. Thanks, friends. I'm so honored to be here with you guys. Yeah. So Amanda, tell us, I mean, you do girls ministry. You're a girls ministry specialist. Like I kind of do the women's ministry. So, but we, we just kind of think of girls as like the, just right below, you know, they're, they're, they're little the, women. The like, little Lifeway women. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Junior, maybe junior would be a more respectful term. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what you do at Lifeway. Yeah, so I'm Amanda. Um, I live in the Nashville area with my husband and my three-year-old daughter, Um, and we are expecting our second baby this summer, having a little boy, so I got to get out of the girl's world a little bit. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so we... Uh, I'm originally from Virginia, so like the Hampton Roads area, born and raised there, um, worked at a church there for about seven years before coming to Lifeway um, in 2019. And so I've been at Lifeway for a little over three years and um, was hired on as a content specialist where I worked with our gospel project curriculum and some of our short-term Bible studies. And about nine months after I was hired, um, there was a hole and a need in the girls' ministry space. My boss looked at me. He was like, you're made to do girls' ministry. Um, and graciously uh, allowed me to transition into this girls' ministry specialist role um, where I get to work with all things Life at Girls and still get to work on Bible studies and curriculum, um, but really figure out how do we resource parents and leaders who have teen girls um, right in front of them? How can we best minister to them? And, um, you know, something even different that we really have been trying to work hard on is reaching student pastors and helping them realize, hey, 
if you have teen girls in your ministry, which most of them do, most of them have a lot of girls in their ministries, like <laughs> you are technically a girl's minister uh, because you um, have been um, entrusted with these teen girls and we want to equip them as male student pastors on how they best can serve and um, disciple their teen girls. And so um, that's a little bit about what I do at Lifeway. Yeah. Great. Well, we wanted to have you on. We actually, one of our coworkers saw this on Instagram by someone else. And so we wanted to kind of do the same sort of thing with a little bit of a twist on it. But she saw someone ask teenagers, hey, what is it that you wish you could tell your parents, but you don't? you don't feel comfortable telling them for whatever reason. And so we thought that would be such a helpful topic for the women who listen to this podcast, whether they are parents of teenage daughters or they are work with teenage girls in girls ministry, or they um, just know, uh, know a teenage girl. And I think mm-hmm. also if you're part of the church no matter where you serve, where you are, like these are your sisters in Christ. They're your little sisters. And so we should Mm -hmm. care about it no matter what. But we kind of wanted to ask students, girls, what some things are that they um, wish they could tell their parents. And I'll let you kind of go through the different survey questions that you asked, but you sent out a survey ahead of this conversation to kind of know what teenage girls are thinking right now. So tell us about some of the questions you asked. Yeah. Oh, this was such a great idea. And I was so excited to um, create the survey and had other people speak into the survey questions. So this was not the Amanda Mejia survey. This was just getting um, a lot of different variety of people kind of speaking into it. And then I sent this out to uh, different girls ministry leaders. We put this on our Instagram page. So it really, anybody who had access to the link could send this to a teen girl. Um, and I was really blown away by the responses. And so we'll start with the questions. Um, some of the questions that, um, we did, um, was like, do you trust your parents? Do you believe your parents love you? Um, how aware are your parents of your struggles? Do your parents live out what they preach? Uh, And the main question I feel like um, that we wanted to get an answer for is if you could tell them anything, what would it be? And then we follow that up with what's the number one reason you keep secrets from your parents? And then we ask who is the most important person in your life other than your mom and dad? And so we, I mean, I, these answers are good, y'all. And it was, it was like, oh, yeah. Not just like one of those like, oh, these are like really good church answers. Like these girls, because they knew it was anonymous. So right. these girls really came vulnerable. And I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for these girls who were like, this is what I really think. And I'm going to be completely transparent. Um, and so, yeah it, yeah, it was good. Well, let's talk through some of the answers. Yeah, t- tell us a little bit what you, yeah. Yeah. Which ones surprised you? Are there any that surprised you? Um, all of them. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. So, um, for some of the questions, like, do you trust your parents? Do you believe your parents love you? How aware are your parents of your struggles? Do they live out what they preach? We let them kind of rate it on a scale of one to five, like one, not so much five. Absolutely. Um, and so those answers were interesting to me. Um, and so for like, do you trust your parents? So like on a scale of one to five, the average answer was 3.78 which is honestly pretty good. Um, yeah, I wasn't good, sure yeah. what, you know, to expect. Um, you know, 
for all the girls that sent in responses. Um, the next one that I thought was interesting, um, it was, do they live out what they preach? This was interesting to me because they said 3.93. So like mm. that is, you know, almost like a four on the scale of one yeah. to five. And Way so, to go, parents. I know. Way to go, parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, the big question, which was the most surprising to me to answer do you believe your parents love you? And the answer was 4.56. That was almost a perfect score that mm. these girls, when yeah. we're going to get into the struggle part, were so open about what things that they're keeping from their parents and what they're struggling. But at the end of the day, these girls truly believe their parents love them, um, even if they don't necessarily trust them as much. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah. And so the last one was how aware are your parents of your struggles? And this was the opposite. Um, that was a 2.88 and so less than a three. Um, and so that was just interesting to me, um, in the sense that like, okay, yes, I believe my parents love me, but I don't feel like I can take my struggles to them. Mm. And, um, and that I think is going to be the conversation piece that I really am excited to talk about of just like, why, what's keeping them from talking about what they are struggling with. But, um, do you guys want to hear kind of some of the things that the girls said that they were yeah. struggling with? Or, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's dive yes. in. Yeah. So I feel like the, uh, um, you know, some of the main things that stood out to me, some recurring themes um, were sexual sin, multiple mm-hmm. girls, um, whether it was sexual identity, um, masturbation, um, just sexual sin. One girl said, I'm struggling with sexual sin and I just can't find my way from uh, my way away from it, no matter how hard I pray or try. Um, I mean, if you are a woman on here and you've ever struggled with sexual sin, like a lot of us have, um, you know that it can feel so isolated. And that's like, quote unquote, one of the most embarrassing things you could talk to your parents about. And so right. that didn't really surprise me, um, but just seeing how common it was. And again, just these girls are carrying these burdens and this is what they wish they could tell their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that stood out, there was a couple that were talking about just like eating disorders or, mm-hmm. you know, I hate my body. I don't like how I look, try to starve myself multiple times, um, you know, and their parents have no idea that this is yeah. something that they're carrying deep in their heart. Um, I loved how many girls were like, I want to tell them about the guys that I talked to. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. That is another thing that I don't know what it is about teen girls and like, you know, especially talking to your dad, I'm sure is like, I don't want to tell you about the boys that I like. Um, But that was another common thing that the girls just like want to be able to talk about the guys that they like. Um, Other things, you know, they talked about um, just some girls struggle with that. They don't want to be here. They want to move out. They want independence. They um, they really wish that they would give them space. Um, I really, um, if y'all are okay with that, I wanted to read one answer Yeah, um, from a girl who um, was really honest, and um, I really respect her for saying this. And so um, this is what she said. I would say something along the lines of, I'm sorry. I just want you to know that I am your shadow. I will forever compare myself to you, and you may have never known. You are who I want to become without actually becoming you. I want to show that I am your child, but I want you to realize that I am a different person. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I take inspiration from you. I am your daughter, but I am still a child. I enjoy my freedoms, but I feel reality is too harsh. 
I want to become independent, but I never want to stop depending on you. You can be patient, but I feel like I'm forever indecisive. I want you to hold me, but please let me go. Um, I mean, just this beautiful, I feel like so many girls, this like tension of like, you know, they want their parents to know, hey, I do love you, but I'm trying to find out who I am. And I think the world of you, but I don't always agree with you. And I want to be independent, but I also want you to still pay my bills. I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> they, there's just right. this, this conflict that I felt like a lot of girls were sharing of like, some of them were just like, I want to tell them everything, um, you know, or I just, I want them to just listen to me or not yeah. try to fix the situation. And I don't want them to compare me to my sisters or my, you know, my mm-hmm. friends. And so I, again, I think that these girls, they're just looking to be honest with them about exactly where they are. And, um, I mean, each girl is different. There wasn't like, Oh, 50% said X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't like that. It was each girl had their own individual struggle because they have their own individual set of parents. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that was really, um, it was encouraging to me that these girls, like they want that. Like, yeah. I think a lot of times parents are like, no, my girl doesn't want to talk to me. I'm like, yeah, she actually does. Yeah. She doesn't know how to, though. Uh, she doesn't know if she's safe to talk to you. And I need, I think parents are also like, well, what do I do? Like, my child comes and confesses that she's texting and driving. <laughs> like, how do I, like, you know, respond in love? But also, like, we have to have consequences, too, at some point, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah. Kelly, I would be curious, since you have um, older children, you know, how did you deal with that as a, uh, as a mom? Like when your teenagers came to you about stuff and, you know, you had to punish them at some point, like you couldn't just let them get away with whatever they wanted. Um, but did you see any patterns that of discipline that worked where it was balanced with love and truth? Um, yeah, I, I do. I think every situation and every circumstance you have to kind of take it. You can't just lump everything together and say, you know, it's all it's all going to be this answer and, and just, and it, and it does depend like middle school is different than high school, mm-hmm. um, driving privileges, things like that as you, and, and there is, I mean, like when, when you read that quote and I'm sitting here even looking at that as well on the document that we have. And I'm thinking that is very much like every teenager. Yeah. That I, that I think that's a normal thing. I think it's a very normal thing to say, I think I'm I'm growing up, but I still like I am still your child. I just don't know how to tell you some of the things that I struggle with. And I think both of my kids, I mean, I have a son and a daughter. And and having a and since we're talking about girls, I'll I'll kind of just and you know, I'm not gonna try to like share any secrets of Courtney's <laughs> or anything like that, but there were definite conversations that um you know, I, I'm sure it was very uncomfortable. You know, there were uncomfortable conversations. But I'm so glad um, we had a really, like, we were very involved in student ministry and have been for years. And so I'm very, very thankful for the other women in that ministry that if she didn't feel comfortable coming to me, I knew she was going to them. And, and we would have that conversation like, hey, if there's something going on and you feel like you really, it's hard to talk about it with me, like, please go to this person, yeah. you know, and, and, and like, she's a safe mom. Um, don't, and, and we also had to have the conversation of, 
you know, I know that friends, I mean, and I was looking at who other than your mom and dad do you go talk to? And like friends are just like all that's yeah. most of what they said, yeah. which is very normal. Yep. And and that's okay because you want the, your girls to have girlfriends, but they're, they're peers. And so peers are also struggling with some of the same things. So they yeah, don't exactly. always have the greatest advice, but um, you do just have to have that conversation of like, Hey, I, you know what? I know you go to her and like, they're your friends and stuff like that, but you've got safe, you've got safe women in your life, safe adults. So build, build that community for your girls. I think that's super important. Um, on that. So I don't know if I answered your question, but no, that's, that's so good. Yeah. Um, that's something yeah. that I wanted to touch on, you know, some point during the conversation of just the importance of, you know, what other women or even men, godly people in their life that they can look up to and trust and um, feel like, hey, if I'm really struggling with this and I can't go to mom and dad or I'm not sure how to go to my mom and dad, is there somebody that I can go to so they can come with me? Um, Mm -hmm. um, We had a, there's a friend that, is a girl's minister recently had um, a teen teen girl in her ministry, you know, find out she was pregnant and she goes right to the girl's minister and was like, you know, can you tell my mom and dad for me? And she's like, no, but um, I will go with you while you tell them and we will work for, mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave you or abandon you. And, you know, I see some of these people on the survey who are some of the girls who wrote that other than their mom and dad, who's the most important person in life. And there were several who wrote my church leader, my yeah. mentor, my, yeah. uh, you know, my life group leader, man, if you're a life small group leader for teen girls or a discipleship mentor, or just a woman at church who's in leadership, I'm going to encourage you. These girls are watching you and they look up to you and they feel that you are a safe place to go to. Um, and I just from experience of somebody who worked at church or led Bible studies you know, you don't really have to do a lot of fancy things for girls to respect you or to trust you. Yeah. Um, what they're looking for mm-hmm. is just somebody that's going to be consistent in their life. So like, are you at church on a regular basis? Are you loving towards them when they show up and maybe their skirt's a little too short? Like, how do you like approach those situations or, you know, how are you living out, you know, your walk with the Lord? Um, I think something that stands out to me um for these girls is that they want a safe place to wrestle with hard things Mm -hmm. and they're not sure if their parents are a safe place. Um, And so my encouragement to parents first is obviously like, you know, do, do you, do your children know, Hey, you can wrestle. Like you do not have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Here's what I have struggled with. Here's what I have gone through. I don't want you to make the same mistakes as me. I know you aren't, you are your own person, but I want to help guide you, um, into finding a life that's fulfilling and life that, you know, honors Jesus and a life where your friends are actually kind and respectful to you. Um, but having parents that, you know, say, Hey, we, we know that you're not going to have all the right answers. We know you're not perfect. We know you're going to make mistakes. Um, and in that same breath, you know, small group leaders, mentors, you know, pastors, whatever, um, being able to also be vulnerable and say, hey, I don't have it all together. I think that's one of the biggest, like, things that girls think, like, oh, well, she's an adult or she's married or whatever. And, oh, she's got it all together and she doesn't struggle with sin anymore. And it's like, yeah, that's not true. Right. Um, and because <laughs> we, we've been taught in church, like, we were supposed to come clean and pretty and 
have it all together. We're hosting girls. Like they can't know that I got in a fight with my husband right before they came over. Like these are, (laughs) you know, sacred spaces. Like how do you find that balance? And you may not be publicizing your fight with your spouse, but do the girls realize that, you know, that you're human and that you make mistakes and that there's space for them to make mistakes as well. I think that one of the things that came to mind, Amanda, as you were talking is not, not only like not, um, admitting it or admitting that you don't know everything, but also giving that space to wrestle through with some things. And sometimes that looks like not immediately jumping into the truth of a conversation. Um, I think sometimes it, I I was going to say we as parents, I'm not a parent. So I feel like sometimes we as leaders, as those who are maybe older in the faith and and growing um, as mentors or whatever, often we're, we're just like, oh, that's wrong. Like without fully listening to the rest of the wrestling. And so sometimes they may not even be saying like, this is what I believe, but it's like, this is what's happening here. And I just need to talk it out loud for a little while with somebody who does know scripture, but like Mm -hmm. we need to maybe give some, some room for all the questions to come out. And I've seen some humorous things about this where like little kids, so not teenagers, but little kids will ask a question and the parents are just like jumping into this like really long diatribe (laughs) on something. And then they're like, no, but that's not what I like. I heard a story of a little like first grader that asked what sex meant (laughs) and his dad just like jumped into this whole long thing. And then he was like, yeah, but do I put an M or an F on the form, you know? And so I think like just asking more questions and helping them to like really talk through those issues Mm -hmm. is a lot of times what it means to be a safe space. So not necessarily never getting to the truth, but just giving room for that truth helping them discover the truth for themselves right and so um and even affirming that like yeah yeah it's great that you're asking this question this is good it's good for you to look through this and and see each side of this issue but let's talk about you know what the bible says eventually yeah yeah totally um we did a training on our student publishing team for just like how do we handle mental health issues with teenagers and um, we did this with like a, a counselor who has his own practice. And he was saying, especially in middle school, that students will put on identities like jackets, right? What they want to do, they'll stick on, you know, I'm going to be the cheerleader or I'm going to be the, you know, whatever, band geek or whatever. And they put it on and they wait for a response. They wait to see how people are going to react, whether it's their friend's reaction or their parent's reaction. Um, and if they don't get a reaction out of it, they take it off and they put on something new. And... Um, so as parents, we sometimes like they put on a jacket and we're like, no, like this is not <laughs> who we've taught you to be. What are you thinking? Like, I did not raise you to do this or to act like this or to think this. And it's like, you know, sometimes they're looking for that reaction um, and how you're going to respond to them because, hey, their friends are struggling with this. So do you not love their friends? Do you not right. care about their friends? Um, do you not actually care about them? And, um, and so instead of um, immediately reacting to them, um, letting them kind of explore like what it is that, why, why are you trying on that jacket? What, yeah. what makes you think that, you know, oh, you heard it on TikTok. That's interesting. Um, what, do you know anything about that person? What kind of life they have? Or, 
and helping them, you know, think through like, oh, I haven't really thought through everything. I just, this just sounded good in the moment. Right. Um, and then being able to say like, hey, have you thought about looking at like this scripture passage or, hey, I'm going through this Bible study right now. Do you want to do it with me? And maybe we can talk through and wrestle with some of these questions that you're having. Um, cause I don't have all the answers, you know? Right. Um, and so anyway, I just, I thought that was really fascinating of just like ha- helping parents see, like, it's not about a reaction. That's not what we want to give girls. We want to give them a space plate, a safe place where they can feel valued and loved, um, no matter what jacket they have on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned TikTok a couple of times and I was asking a couple of high school teachers, um, just a few weeks ago, I was just curious. I said, what do you think is some of the number, you know, top issues that you're dealing with in your high school? And both of them did mention social media and that really didn't come up in the survey, but Amanda, like, and you know, the influence that that is having on this generation. And I mean, it does for all of us. Yeah. It does influence all of us. So how do, how do we, what's, what are some good things that we need to be kind of teaching our our girls about social media? Right. You can't keep your girls in a bubble forever, right? Like they're eventually going to find a way. Like if they want to get on TikTok, they're going to find a way behind your back, which is horrible (laughs) to say, but it's just the truth. Yeah. Um, If that's where their heart's intentions are. And so instead of just teaching like these things are evil or bad, even if they are um, teaching girls how to use discernment. And so teaching girls like, okay, when you think, when you hear this, you know, how does it line up with what you believe in God's word? You know, is this something based on how someone feels? I mean, I feel like there's countless people who have political views right now just based on social media and not based on what they actually believe or think. Um, just because someone told them it was true, they immediately associated as true. And so I think for as a parent to help girls learn wisdom and saying like, hey, if this, if you see something like I am a safe place where you can come and show me and ask me, is this true? Is this real? Um, I feel like I have to do that with my husband sometimes. I'm like, wait, do people actually think this? Like, uh, you know, like someone tell me this is like real or not. Um, instead of feeling like they are caught in shame. Um, and so, yeah. And like Elizabeth and I were saying, like TikTok is, I mean, all social media, like they figure out like what you want to hear. And so, but when you first start on, you are exposed to everything um, that culture wants to put into their, um, to their minds. And so as long as you can help protect them, help them see the dangers of social media. Um, But when it's time for them to be on social media, when they are old enough and mature enough, help them to know that, Hey, this maturity and this being able to use social media, just comes with responsibility and being able to use discernment, um, And if you make mistakes, I'm here to help you um, figure it out and navigate it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a defensive driving course. You know, you you, eventually most of us will have to learn how to drive. We can't keep our kids or ourselves safe from like all car wrecks ever. But we can take a defensive driving course or learn the proper rules of the road. And so that we can kind of know, okay, this is wrong. Or when somebody does this, I can swerve out of the way, or this is the best way to respond to something like this. And so I think we, uh, for better or worse, social media is unavoidable. So I think exactly what you were saying, Amanda, just, we have to teach our girls how to view social media, what to do with what they're learning there, um, and how to practice wisdom and discernment. And so I think that's very helpful. 
Yeah. Literally yesterday, my husband, you know, like I said, I have a three-year-old daughter and my husband said, I will be a nervous wreck when Blakely starts driving. And I'm like, we've got a long time before that. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's true. Like we want as parents, like our job, we're taught, we are to protect, we are to, you know, cover, we're taught to love them, you know, but we, we don't want the world to hurt them or skew them. And if their parents are following Jesus, which honestly less and less parents are following Jesus, um, but if they are following Jesus, like all I want for my daughter is to know Jesus and to find full life in him. Um, but at the end of the day, I have seen some amazing godly parents whose teenagers do whatever they want. And it's not because the parents aren't good at discipline or good at giving truth or love. It's at the end of the day, their teenagers' hearts are sinful and the parents aren't the Holy Spirit. The parents, as parents, we cannot save or protect our children. And so all we can do is be faithful with what God's put in front of us. And, um, you know, with the way that these girls are talking, like one way we can be faithful and what God has given us as being parents is saying, okay, when my daughter brings me this, how do I respond? Um, does she know that she's safe? Does she know she can wrestle with the big stuff with me? Um, I know I can't protect her from sinning, but when she does sin, what am I, how am I going to respond? Not just as her parent, but as a follower of Jesus. That's so good. Yeah. Well, okay. Before we kind of get off the survey, like just, is there something else on there? Anything else that you'd love for us to, to talk about when it relates to teen girls and ministry to them? Something that maybe is, you know, sticking out to you that you think, well, we really haven't talked about that. Maybe there's an issue that's really prevalent. Yeah. Um, Again, I think that it's just, it's interesting um, that each girl has their own individual struggles. And so I, but there are several that want their parents to know, like, I'm my own person. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, who you think I am. I want to be able to tell you these things. And so remembering when your girls do bring you, whatever it is that they're struggling with to you, not putting them in this box of saying like, well, you're like the rest of your friends or, you know, you're like, if you, you know, struggle with sexual sin, then you are just the worst. Um, But helping parents like respond of saying like, okay, this is what my daughter, and I can't compare it to what my friend's kids are struggling with, but this is what my daughter is. And this is how I need to be present with right now. Um, but yeah, again, I don't feel like there was one common issue. And I think it's because at the end of the day, each of these girls are struggling with different things, um, based on their context, based on what schools they're at, based on who their friends are. Um, you know, based on how many girls said, you know, my friends are the most important person in my life. Do your girls know how to make good friends? That would be a really good lesson for parents to take away of like, you know, um, who, who, who's your daughter hanging out with? And, you know, if you can win the heart of your daughter's friends, you can win the heart of your daughter. And so, uh, also like just keeping that in mind as well. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you said, all the, all the answers to that first question were kind of different, but the, there was a lot of similarity in the answer as to, why they don't tell their parents things. And those were very similar. A lot of them answered basically kind of what we talked about before with like, I'm afraid of the reaction that they would have. And so, but they also said that a lot of them were like, I'm afraid they'll look at me differently, that they'll see me differently. Mm -hmm. And so just, um, 
almost like the same way that we have to repeat the gospel to ourselves, like Christ died for me. It's like we have to repeat it to our uh, kids as well and just say, you know, I love you no matter what. I love you. Like they all, like you said, the vast majority of them do believe that they're loved by their parents. And so just knowing, just like repeating over and over again that that is not going to change, I think would be important. If your daughters don't know that you're there for them and that you're a safe place when things are good and when things are okay and when they have it all together, if they don't know that that they can come to you in the good times, they're not going to be able to feel like they can come to you in the hard times and the mm-hmm. struggles. And so be intentional, not just when they're messing up. Be intentional in all times. Take them out to coffee after school. Find ways to connect with your girls, you know. If you have multiple children, like how do you get that one-on-one time with your teenager? She needs to know that, you know, you do love her and you care for her. Um, and not just when she needs something from you, but because you love her just as she is. Yeah. Well, that we can all use that reminder anytime about, sure. about God and our family. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. All right, Amanda, you know our question, but we're going to twist it just a bit. So let's talk about you as a teenager. What is one thing that marked you as a teenager in your walk with Christ? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I probably gave a similar answer Uh, (laughs) the last time I was on. But I feel like this is like I think after reading the survey um, and the responses and talking a lot about friendships, um, my community with other believers in church was huge for me. And so being involved in student ministry gr- growing up, but it wasn't just a matter of my friends. It was who my mom was around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these people that she had brought into her life who had loved her and showed her the feet of, you know, hands and feet of Jesus in her life when she walked through struggles it, that was so encouraging and eye-opening to me of like, that's the kind of people I want in my life. I want people when I'm down and out, they're going to show up for me. And so when I look for a small group or a church today, um, which is not easy to do sometimes, like finding that community of believers that I want my kid, my daughter, who's three, right? I want her mm-hmm. to know that my friends love her um, and care for her just as much as I do. Um, and so that was something that really marked me was actually my mom's, like the people in my mom's life that loved Jesus. And, you know, when my mom couldn't be there for me, um, you know, because of her own struggles, I still had other godly people that I could look at and know that they love me. They care for me. And man, they sure do love Jesus. I love that. That's a, yeah, me yeah. too. That's such a great I mean, answer. It's like you said, uh, the girls are watching us. And so whether whether we're their parents or we're just we just go to church with them, they're watching us. And so they watch even our friendships. And I think that's a great word and encouragement for all of us who are women in the church. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much, Amanda. And we're going to put links in the show notes to some of the you know things to Lifeway Girls because we have you know a lot of our listeners may know this, but some of them may not that there are a lot of studies that we have for adults and for teen girls, and so yeah. they kind of are, they complement each other, and so those are great products. So we'll put some you know links to that, and then. Um, 
Elizabeth, you're going to tease me, but I am going to make a plug for you lead because Amanda's actually going to be at several of our you lead events this year. And she's going to teach on a little bit of the, the issues in girls ministry and, yeah. and some of the myths about, you know, that. So, um, I'm excited about Amanda joining us for those training events. So you can always go to lifeway.com slash you lead and you can find out information there. So. Well, Amanda, thanks again for being on the podcast. We love you and love the ministry. Yeah, we love that we are better together and that we get to, to do this together. So thanks again. And listeners, we will see you back here next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.